morning, everybody. I'm Robert, and this is Figure of Speech, a podcast all about the impact that forensics has on the lives of people who were involved. Episode 5, Shaw Davari. Hey, Shaw, welcome in, man. Nice to have you. It's good to have you, too. Yeah, and there's a little bit of applause in the background. Uh, uh, how, how's it going, man? I should ask before we get started, am I allowed <laughs> to swear? You can say whatever you want on okay, this podcast. Because you, well, your intro there is very, like, seems like kid-friendly. Oh, is it? Well, that's good. Okay. Kids could listen. Sure. So can adults. All right. Yeah, we can say whatever we want. I guess kids can figure it out. They'll figure it out. All right. Uh, I should point out that uh, Shaw Davari is uh, not only a national finalist uh, for the for AFA, uh, has won numerous competitions, uh, and has also been a forensics coach at Orange Coast College for a number of years now. Shaw, uh, it's no secret you and I have been, we've been... I try to keep it a secret, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> you could not tell me. But yeah, the problem is it's not a secret. Not. Uh, you and I were duo partners uh, for one year when uh, we, we were both competing our last year of competition. Indeed. And uh, I want to drill down with you today and talk for about- For one semester. Yeah, it was. It was one it semester. It was a whole year. That's really true. Yeah. We did it fast, we man. We did it, man. We got in and bing, out. Bing, bang, boom. We're going to get into that in a minute. I want to begin by talking about you, how you got involved in speech. When did you first see a speech? How did you find out about uh, about- Speech. Now, you didn't do very much debate to begin with, right? I, I really only went to one debate tournament ever mm. um, a, as a debater, and it was at the end of my first year just for fun. And this is around. college? Yeah, this is college. You didn't do anything in high school? Did nothing in high school. You know, I'd done 11 plays my senior year of high school, 11 mm. shows my senior year of high school, like plays, short films, stuff like that. Um, and this and, is you in your garage with like a couple of yeah, friends coming to watch? Got it, something <laughs> like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, my high school was awesome, man. I had a I went to Santa Rosa Valley High School up in Northern California and they have an incredible theater department. And at the time there was a woman there, Misty Shactel, who was my theater teacher, and she was just unbelievable. You know, the year before she came in, she they did like two shows. They did a fall show and a spring show, and she was like, Screw that. I'm gonna do a show that we have an amazing theater. We're gonna we're gonna do Every a show a weeks. month. Yeah. yeah. And so she put us on a professional like, schedule, schedule kind of, yeah. where it was four weeks and boom, boom, boom. And it was awesome because you got to play all these different characters. Right. Right. And then I graduated from high school, went to Orange Coast College. And the first year that I was there, I wanted to do the theater department. And they're on a regular college schedule where it's a fall show and a spring show and maybe two spring shows if they're feeling fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I tried out and I got a one-line role and it wasn't a meritocracy it wasn't about who was best i had my monologue memorized in auditions and the other people didn't and they got better roles because they knew the directors and i realized very quickly oh yeah you don't want to do theater at all that would that just pisses you off that just makes you so mad and so you decided to do speech instead. <laughs> like that's yeah. going to somehow not make you angry. Well, you Go know ahead. what? It, you know, in fairness to speech, it's a it's certainly more of a meritocracy than acting sure. is. That's for sure. Yeah. Because I went over to speech my my you know my second year of college. I went to speech. I got recruited by a buddy of mine who was like, "I'll buy you a piece of pizza if you come to the speech and debate meeting. I'll buy you a cup of coffee." That's what it was. If you come to the speech and debate meeting, because I had just finished surfing and I was on my couch, I wasn't interested. And he's like, I'll buy you a cup of coffee, come to the speech and debate meeting. I was like, okay. And I'm like, speech and debate kids are nerds. Like, I don't want to be <laughs> one of those right. kids, right? And uh, and I get there and they start talking about this thing called oral interpretation of literature. I'm like, well, this sounds a lot like acting. 
And, you know, I go to my director of forensics, go to Chris DeSura, and I'm like, is this, is this acting? He's like, yeah, it's acting with advocacy, and it's cool because you play all the parts, and, of course, my eyes just wide as watermelons. I'm like, all the parts? I, attention whore, let's fucking go. <laughs> and so, and then I go to my very first competition, and and I win because I'm practiced, I'm memorized, right. I'm competing against a guy who's wearing jeans, and How his dare name was, you? His, his partner's wearing, and they're fuck, they're a mess, and they don't know what the hell they're doing. Their bookwork is horrible, and and they're all over the place. That was guys, my first college tournament. <laughs> I didn't know any of the, the cultural mores, all right? I wasn't going to name it as you. I'm just saying. The sad part is it was it me. It was you. Uh, was that my very first college tournament? And you know, Can I just say for a yeah. second, let me just say, yeah. in my defense. In your defense. I, that was a brand new team. Our coach had never done any sort of speech before. Sure. And I figured in high school, it was kind of dress up, but not a suit. You didn't wear suits in high right. school. It was just like a pair they of... Do, they do now. Sure, now they do. Yeah. But when I was competing, it was a pair in of slacks. In 1937? No, it was 1930. 42 okay got it um but it was a pair of slacks (laughs) and like a uh you know a shirt with a tie and that was it and like you know business casual i guess just business and so you figured you go to college everything's more relaxed exactly that's exactly (laughs) what i thought that's truly what i thought yeah and can i tell you there was a point where dave and i i remember leaning against the wall after watching everybody and and i remember saying to him after like round three seeing everybody else in suits and everything else and i remember saying these words i remember saying this is like taking candy from a baby. <laughs> we took dead last at that tournament. Dead last. Oh my God. You there took all six and there were only five people competing. I oh remember. no, no. There were like 20 something in yeah. some of the categories and we, we took, I took like 26th. That's whatever. amazing. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, so, so you did well. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'd practiced, I, I, you know, done, done the very best that I could and, I was like, okay, wow, this is certainly more of a meritocracy than than theater, and I get to play all the parts, and the people that I was around were infectious. They were all smart. You know, co- college students mm-hmm. at the community college level sometimes are less than motivated to be there, and right. finally I was surrounded by a student body who was super motivated to be there, who was smart, and they were talking about things that I didn't even really understand at the time. They were talking about like world politics, and that was way over my head, and then I went to the public performance that the you know PSCFA has. The Pacific Southwest Forensics Association has a public performance at the beginning of the year, and I saw Reader's Theater, and I saw this guy named Rafe Darazi perform his in his Reader's Theater, and mm-hmm. he is just this stunning performer and Rafaela Baker, who's a coach now um, perform in with Leah white in this amazing theater directed by Das Nugent. And I thought that is what I want to do. <laughs> a reader's theater, 25 minutes, three people on stage the whole time. That is what I want to do. Sure. That was fun to watch high energy the whole time talking about a socially significant topic, acting, singing, dancing, stand-up comedy like it's just such an amalgamation of all the different art forms that i love i want to do that and in order to do that at orange coast college you have to really commit and work your ass off so it's exactly what i did that's no problem for me yeah that's what i was good at you were definitely a hard worker yeah i was not particularly talented but i was certainly willing to put in the work to to get to wherever i needed to go and the speech bug bit me and i never really stopped looked back i mean I graduated, I mean, I, when I left 
Orange Coast College, I went to a UC and they don't have a speech and debate team. Well, hold on. I want to get into that. Yeah. Hang on. Cause I want, I want to finish up with, with OCC first. Like sure. tell me a little bit more about your time. I don't mean to cut you off in no. the middle of your idea, but no, no, no. I want to get to the transition of you going to another college and what that was like. I want to, I want to yeah, expand sure. on that, but I want to finish up with Orange Coast first. So I mean, what was your first year like? The, I mean, the first whole, the, the whole first year was kind of a whirlwind because I, I had found something that I knew that I really enjoyed and that I thought that I was pretty good at mm-hmm. and and something that I poured a ton of time into and it was something academic as well and I had never been good at academics mm-hmm. like when I went to high when I was in high school I graduated with like a 3.0 which in a Persian with like which in like some families is great but I'm Persian and so it was like <laughs> oh shit failure he's, he's going to be plumber or we might need to send him to military school. It was like really bad wow. to have a 3.0. It was bad. I mean, I think I'm pretty sure my parents talked about sending me to military school because I got a B. And what was funny is I remember coming home one day and showing my dad my report card and I had straight A's and I had one C and I had a C in algebra. And he takes a look at my report card and he looks at me, and he looks at my report card and he looks at me and he's like, why did you get C in allergy? <laughs> an and allergy? Like, like allergy? He's like, allergy i'm like algebra you're mad at me for getting a c in a topic you can't even fucking pronounce (laughs) you don't get to be mad at me for that uh but you know that's i mean that's kind of just the way that i think parents have the right to get mad at you about just about anything whatever yeah i guess yeah as as the as the parent in the room i guess you can (laughs) say whatever you want um and so you know, I finally found an academic thing that I was that I was good at that I could tell my parents about and that they didn't really understand, but they understood like they'd heard of speech and debate as a right. thing before, and so it was a thing that I could spend all this time doing. And I wasn't living at home, but it was still something that they that they could kind of take pride in, and that was kind of cool for me as well. And so that was kind of the first year I was really trying to work hard, trying to impress my coaches, trying to make sure that I was doing well in school and I actually ended up doing better in school that year than I ever had. Oh, good. Um, because I was surrounded by a bunch of motivated students Yeah, and it's, you know, it's keeping up with the Joneses. You're looking to your left, you're looking to your right and everybody's studying or working on their speech and that, then so you study or you work on your speech. Well, you know what you're saying? I have a lot of students that I work with uh, you know, at, at the academy, and a lot of them are highly gifted, and they're in these advanced yeah. programs. A lot of them go to boarding school. A lot of them wind up going to Ivy League schools. For sure. And you know, I hear a lot of the stories and things that they bring back. And one of the things I've definitely found out is that all of those, the boarding schools, uh, Ivy League schools, mm-hmm. all of that, it's really just being surrounded by other people who Correct. are so. It's not like they're teaching you extra stuff at Harvard that yeah. you're, they're not teaching you somewhere else. They're not doing anything different. You're just surrounded by a bunch of people that are super crazy motivated. Right. And in and fact, a lot of the other professors at those places are actually kind of crappy professors Garbage. sometimes. Oh, I mean, no, no question. When I went to UCI, I had way, way, way worse professors than when I was at OCC. Mm-hmm. The professors at OCC have one job, teach their students the best they can about the subject they love the most. Yeah. The professors at UCI are there to do research. They don't give a fuck about their students. Yeah. In fact, their students are in the way. I remember hearing professors say something something along the lines of like I wish I didn't have to do this yeah, in order to you. publish. Yeah. And and it was like and that was the feeling you got in classes too. Like you were just something that was in the way. And there were a few professors. I had a statistics professor who was cool at UCI. I mm-hmm. had 
um, you know, a Middle Eastern history professor that was cool at UCI. But the vast majority of the professors didn't want to fucking be there. They the best be professors there. I've ever had have been at a community college. 100%. Yeah. Now, the best professor I ever had is definitely at a community college. Um, you know, Chris DeSura, obviously, uh-huh. my mentor and, and my, you know, one of the best professors I ever had that I had the pleasure of taking a class with. Mickey Lux is a professor at Orange Coast College oh. who teaches chemistry, who I had as a chemistry professor who was lights out, man, just so good, got me so interested in a topic that I don't give a fuck about. And I'd never had that at any other school until I got to, until I got to grad school. But so that take me through the end of year one. So yeah. how did it wrap up for you? Did you feel like you ended it on a highlight or were you desperate to get into year two already or what? I mean, year one, I certainly wanted to do better at nationals as a, as a student than I did, but I still had a great time at nationals. And that's kind of what brought me back to forensics. The second year is I did well. I got like a, I got a golden theater and a bronze in POI and, um, you know, I really enjoyed the theater experience. And that's that's probably one of the main reasons I came back. And more so than anything, I, I created best friends. You know, mm-hmm. I was in a theater with Sam Bustamante and Roger Willis, Chris, Kristen Douglas, Brooklyn Myers. And just for context, I, I still talk to two of those th- two of those <laughs> people today. I literally, the last phone call in my phone is... Roger Willis. I just got off the phone with him before I came upstairs. Mm-hmm. He's one of my very best friends to this day, and we literally just got off the phone as I was walking up here. Sure. And I might I probably didn't know it at the time that he was going to be my best friend, but I definitely felt a really strong connection to to the people that were on my team that I'd never really felt before. I'd had some teammates, that, you know, when I was younger and some guys that I skateboarded with, but it was it was a different experience and mm-hmm. it was it was really transformative being in a theater where you're spending, you know, hours and hours and hours with people trying to get things absolutely perfect together, all working towards a common goal. Um, and then of course, you those know, those bonds are just, those, they form strong. They're, they're amazing. And also, I mean, Roger's a really big reason why I, I started getting really good grades because he was getting fucking straight A's and to Roger's credit, he fucking let everybody know. And so, um, you know, it made me want to go get straight A's because I wanted to make sure I was keeping up. And Roger and I have always had a healthy amount of competition between each other. That's, that's, that's friendly and we jab each other and it's, and it's really fun. And, and it started that very first year. You know, I, had, I, I was given a prose by Chris DeSura and he's like, okay, I need you to type this up, fully expecting that like most community college students, it would take me a week and a half to type it up, right? And it took me, I, he gave it to me. I went home. I typed it up. I sent it to him that night. I came back the next day. I was like, I typed it up. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done. It's like, what do I do now? Like, I'm very good at following instructions better than anything else. I'm good at fucking just follow the orders. Fine. Type it up. And he's like, oh, well, um, and I could see his brain working. And then he like goes into his office and I didn't know this at the time what was happening, but what had happened in the background is he had actually given that prose to somebody else as well. Yeah. And so he had realized after he had given me the pros that the you pros, were going to come back and actually the, do it. The pros was going to be way better on somebody else. Uh. And so he had found this pros and he's like, Oh, Shaw's going to be fine. So I'm going to great for this. And then he found, and then Roger walked in and he's like, no, no, no. Roger's fucking perfect for this pros. Shaw would be fine, but Shaw will go do other shit. Yeah. And so hadn't told me. So I had typed up the pros. He came into the office for our meeting the next day hadn't realized like, oh shit, this guy did all the fucking work for the pros, went into his office and was like, okay. And I know what happened now as a coach, just like the sweating, like fuck, fuck, fuck. I have to find something for this kid to do. And so he found me a poetry 
in his office like that and came outside and then sold me the poetry and was like, you can choose. (laughs) 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 And we both know damn well. Yeah. Which one you went with. Yeah. Especially when you've got a speech instructor who knows how, you know, the arguments and persuasive nature of speech. And and it's Chris DeSura and he performed part of it for me. Mm. Right. And Chris, Chris won a fucking poetry champion. Like he won poetry national championship. Sure. And he's sitting there in front of me and he's like, he performs part of the poetry for me and he shows me how beautiful it is. And he's like, no, you can choose. (laughs) <laughs> it's like okay i'm gonna go with the poetry uh and I, and I did and it was great it was it was fun it was fine but it was from that moment that roger and i had a competition mm-hmm. a healthy competition that made us both i think i think he would say too better a lot better so let's talk about year two yeah how did year two go year two was great for for me because it i mean it was great for our team. We we won a national championship that year. It had been the first year that, that OCC had won a national championship in a long time. And I think the reason is is because when me, Roger, Brooklyn, Sam came back, and, and Trevor, who was my duo partner at the time, when we came back, we really wanted to go and win. We had gotten, I think, second or third the year before. Mm-hmm. And we'd really gotten we'd gotten together and we committed ourselves, like, look, we're gonna we're gonna go win a national championship. It was such a fucking crazy thing. This is for Fire Pie. This right? is for Fire Pie, yeah. We're gonna go win a national championship. So what do we do? And so year two was amazing, dude. It was some of the best times of my entire life. Now that I'm talking about it. We used to go over to Trevor's house and we would practice. And we would watch a movie and they would get really really high or drunk or whatever and then we'd make them perform their pieces as they were high and drunk because <laughs> it was funny and we would perform each other's pieces and I mean, we just had a ton of workshops over at my friend trevor's house sure and it was awesome it was so fun i mean those are some of the best memories i have of just like hanging out till three o'clock in the morning and practicing and just hanging out and often we wouldn't even practice we just hang out and just bond and hang out and we'd bring the first year competitors over and so that they would feel that same entire, that same thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, was, you, you saying that reminds me of, I guess that, that adage and it's always like replace it with a different school. But the way I always heard it was Bradley. And it's like, well, you're doing whatever it is you're doing. Bradley's rehearsing. Yeah. Bradley's practicing. Yeah. Bradley's practicing. And, yeah. and that's kind of what I think of is like, those really are some of the best times. And you know, some of these For schools sure. where, uh, you see it a lot more in the four-year universities where people move in together into mm-hmm. the same house and they just they live, it's a workshop, breathe, yeah. eat, speech For nonstop. Sure. It's a work-live space almost, right? Yeah, and that's really interesting. Some of those spaces and what comes out of some of those where you're like, oh my gosh, the you're blowing my mind. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, you see someone and you're like, oh well, they just outworked me. Mm-hmm. They 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 just worked harder. Period. Yeah. End of story. I, you could get there, but the amount of work between really 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 good and absolutely unbelievably mind blowing, mm-hmm. the amount of work is so huge, and yet the difference in performance is so small. Mm-hmm. And the amount of work that it takes between those two things is is massive, and you don't even see it. And yet when you see it as a performance, you're like, I don't know what they did but it was something special. Yeah. I've always said, I think talent can get you there, but rehearsal and practice and work gets you there faster and keeps you there. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That's the mantra of the OCC team. I mean, we, you know, that that's the way to, to win stuff. And that's why I like speech. If you work hard enough, period, end of story, 
you will be rewarded. You'll get something. You'll get something. Yeah. You might not get what you want. You right. might not get what you think you deserve. Right. But you're getting something for sure. Yeah, you I fucking work hard enough. At the end of the fucking day, you will, you know, you'll you'll do well. And that's exactly what ended up happening that second year. You know, we were working. It wasn't. It didn't feel like work though, right? Mm-hmm. It was a really good time. Um. And and I, I don't think that was a conscious effort by us. We weren't like we should have a good time and then we'll work more. But it's certainly true. If if the team bonds and the team's having a good time, the team's gonna work more. And that's exactly what happened that year. We were inseparable. I didn't want to hang out with anybody else. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to keep hanging out with my, with Roger in Brooklyn and my friend Trevor and Sam and I, those those are the people that I wanted to hang out with. Sure. And so work just ended up happening. It's like, oh, let's hang out. All right, cool. What do you want to do? I don't know. We'll watch a movie. All right. Well, let me see your pros. I want to I want to perform your pros and. And that wasn't a, like a practice thing, but it ended up being really useful to see someone else do your event because now I'm getting ideas from this other talented performer. Sure. And so different ways to perform. Different it. ways to perform it, a different a different idea on it. A, a different well, how did how did you come to terms with that when at the end of your second year you're no longer at OCC? Dude. I mean, yeah, I, I competed at Glendale, and Glendale didn't really have a policy about moving yeah. on or anything. Yeah, they were yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, man, stick around, leave, whatever, yeah, do whatever, whatever you want, and. I yeah. think OCC don't they kind of shoo you out, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we want our students to to move on. We want our students to transfer to four year. We also have a limited amount of money, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, we 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 do need to spend it on the students that are enrolled actively in the university that are trying to pursue a two year degree and move on to a four year institution and blah 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 blah. Um, and so when I left, I had never planned to keep doing speech. Speech wasn't a huge. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm an immigrant kid, so I have to go to a UC. Like, if I went to a state school where they had speech programs, my parents would have fucking disowned me. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't an option for me. And I'd also been fortunate enough to get a scholarship to go to a UC. So I was definitely going to a UC and not going to a state school because I got a scholarship to go there. And that was UCI. UC, UCI, UC yeah, Irvine? Yeah, yeah I, got, I got a scholarship to go to UC Irvine. I got a full-ride scholarship to go to UC Irvine. Wow. Um, I know, right? Uh, I remember I, I came home at like two o'clock in the morning from having gone to see some stand-up comedy because that day I got my letter, my acceptance letter to UCLA, and so I was like, I'm going to LA. I'm going to go fucking celebrate. We're going to go see stand-up comedy. And I get home that night, and a letter had come in the mail that was my Regent scholarship package from UCI. And I opened it up. It was two o'clock in the morning, and I opened up the letter, and I'm like, uh, What the what the hell is this? Like this is, I was it was two o'clock in the morning, so I was like a little like you know out of it, out of it, and. I knock on my brother's door. My brother's in residency at the time. And I'm like, if this is this important, he's going to want to see this. Yeah. And I want to, I need another set, set of eyes from a smart person to look at it. And I knock on my brother's door and he wakes up and he looks at it and he's like, yeah, man, that's a full ride. I have to go back to bed so I can save lives in the morning. And like throws it at me. He's like, I'm very happy for you, but I have to go back to bed. And he goes back to bed. And, uh, and what's, what's I mean, if you want to talk about the parent expectation. I call my parents the next day and I'm like, Hey mom, Hey dad, like I'm super proud of myself. I'm so excited. <laughs> right. I'm just like so fucking smug. I'm like, Hey, you want to know where this is going. You want to sit down for this. They, I'm like, they sit down and, uh, I'm like, okay, well you guys, I'm like, they're, I'm like, is dad on speakerphone? And mom's like, yeah, dad's on speakerphone. And I'm like, okay, I got a full ride scholarship to UC Irvine and there's dead silence. We thought you were going to come out to us. <laughs> no, not that. That was in high school. Uh, okay. No, my mom goes, did you get one to UCLA? <laughs> and 
I'm like, oh, come on. I'm like, dude, are you serious? I'm like, fuck it, click. And I just hung up. It's like, that's not the reaction I wanted. That's not what I wanted here. Um, and so ended up going to, to UCI and uh, was going to not do speech anymore. They didn't UC- have a speech program. They, they, don't have, they, they still don't have a speech program. Okay. So wasn't going to do speech anymore and then got a crazy idea in my head that I was going to do speech on my own. That like I was going to find pieces and I was going to figure it all out and I was going to register for tournaments and I was going to fuck it. I'll pay for it myself because whatever. Like I got a full ride, so I'm not taking out any loans for that. I could, I'm working, I'm making money, so I could just pay for speech tournaments on my own, (laughs) which is insane. And, but whatever, I was like, fuck it. Why not? No, I did a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of that. I know you did. And that's funny. I think we're one of, we're two of two of the two kids. (laughs) There aren't very many people that did that. Yeah. And so I figured, screw it. Let's do it. And I did. And, you know, I went to the Berkeley opener because I figured everyone always kind of gets their shit together too late. Mm -hmm. And I need to qualify now for AFA. Sure. And in order to qualify for AFA, you need to break your event three times, and the total placings need to be less than eight. eight I, the eight easier way to think about it is just like you got to take like third place or better at, at three tournaments, right? Basically, yeah, basically. Um, and so I figured I'll try and go get legs. Well, that's sorry, that was hot. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll try and go get legs at the at the first tournament of the year so that I can get out cheap, right? Mm-hmm. And so I went to the Berkeley opener. I picked up a bunch of legs. I think I placed fourth as a school. Just oh, because wow. so many people, I mean, I had four events up at the very first tournament and you know, it's a small tournament. So I was like, all right, cool. Um, I took a bunch of legs and then the next tournament I, I finished calling out all of my first four events. Wow. And then by at the two thir- tournaments at two tournaments. Yeah. Cause they're swing tournaments. Right. Right. So one, two, one, two, the next, the next week, one, two, one, two. And then I was done. Essentially. Um, I had a couple more like legs to, to go get and it was another Northern California tournament and drove up there with Long Beach and I was paying for the tournament myself. It was a DVC tournament. And I go up to Northern California and day one, I qual the rest of my events. Qual the rest of my events. So day two, I go back and I'm like, yo, I'd like to drop my events from the tournament. I'm done, I'm, I'm called out. They're like, cool, that'll be $50. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm, I'd like my money back actually. Like I don't wanna pay anything. They're like, oh, well if you drop events on the day of that, that's a, there's a penalty for that. And I'm like, no, 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 I totally understand but I'm paying for it myself. And they're like, yeah, 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 we don't care. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't think you understand. I'm 19 years old. I'm paying for these out of my, like I'm, you're gonna take money out of my pocket to pay for these. And they're like, yeah, I don't even want to tell you. Like, it, the, the them is the rules. The, yeah, them is the rules. And I just remember being like, okay, you have students at this tournament that are competing, yes? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, they're coming for legs? Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. I'm going to get I'm, in their way. I'm going to go get those legs then because yeah. I'm going to at the very least get the ballots. Sure. And, and so I'm not going to pay $50. That's for sure. Yeah. And so then I went and won three events that day. Cause they pissed me off. <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. And not only did they piss me off, but they pissed a lot of other competitors off for not just letting me drop, go away. Yeah. Yeah. And get out of the way and not take more legs. But I'm like, I'm, I'm not paying 50 bucks and not getting ballots. And so when got ballots and started to realize how incredibly lonely a tournament is mm. when you don't have a team, like the first week, the first tournament I went to it was fine it was was new and and whatever 
the second week it was like it was okay started to get weird because you're at awards and you're by yourself yourself. and the first two years i'd been at awards with my best friends hanging out and talking and chatting and having such a good time Mm -hmm. and now i'm just by myself and you don't realize how often you say hey what's up to your friend as you walk by them in the Mm. hallway and how little you say it to anybody else when you have such a big team and that just keeps you going that that energy that energy is so important it just motivates you and gets you so stoked and then you know that that ends up becoming something that started to kind of make me not want to go to tournaments i was pretty much called out by then anyway but i didn't it was just wasn't super fun and then um it was starting to get really expensive i went to i flew my flew my dumbass out to peoria illinois for the norton <laughs> i paid for a flight out there yeah to peoria illinois and paid for the entry there and all kinds of stuff and started to get expensive and I was like, all right, maybe I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And Ryan Smith, the director of forensics at Cal state long beach was like, I got you. I got your back. Apply to Cal state long beach. You can go to both universities at the same time. You can compete for Cal state long beach. We'll figure it out with the rules. And that's exactly what I did. So applied at Cal state long beach, got some scholarship money to go there too. They started paying for all of my tournaments, but the problem was, they asked AFA from my my memory of this is that they they asked AFA if the legs stay with the student or the school and the response was less than specific about whether the legs stay with the student or the school mm. and so i had to requalify everything everything dude <laughs> i called five events for AFA in the fall semester without even having to go to fall champs. Yeah, but you know what? It's probably better that you did. It ultimately, Here's I, kn- the thing, I know it's it frustrating. Did, it did cost me relationships because it's every Saturday, Sunday, dude. Yeah. It's every Saturday, Sunday. And I was in a relationship at the time and I wasn't seeing my significant other. I wasn't being a good partner, which is, f- I mean, look, we're, I was 20 years old, right? I wasn't being a good partner anyway. But... um it, it cost me a lot of time with friends and family and that's, stuff like that. That's and, true. I mean, you can't, you can't argue against that, but in terms of and I'm, I'm your gonna, speech career, for sure, staying in the spotlight, for staying sure. in the judge's memory, for sure, just making new friendships, Absolutely. new teammates, new experiences. Absolutely. There's so much to be, no doubt, no doubt. I, I, I had a great time and I, I, I did redevelop my love for forensics, but it was also really, it was also a huge bummer because you have to recall. Have to recall, and then that stress and calling in the second semester, dude, it's so much harder. harder than calling early in the first semester. Sure, it's a whole different ball game, and so there's more stress. It was really fun. I have some of my very best. I kissed Joel Dennis. That's one of my very favorite memories of all time <laughs> on stage at the Arizona tournament because I finally called my poetry, and we both needed two like a one-two finish in order to qual. Mm. And I, th- I think he got first and I got second or I got second and he got first and I can't remember. And we both kind of celebrated and then hugged. And, you know, Joel, Joel's from Western Kentucky. And so when we hugged, that wasn't something competitors did back then Yeah, when they like celebrated each other. And so the whole crowd it was like a golf clap. Exactly. Yeah. It was like, congratulations. And then we moved. Now they're like, they're hugging each other and they're doing all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But at the time that was like, I guess, weird and so the whole crowd was like oh oh and i was like oh you think that's special and i grabbed joel by the face and i 
planted a kiss on his, <laughs> on his little mouth. Um, and so, and so I have some really great memories, and I certainly don't regret having to requal. I remember your POI that year. I think it was your POI about mm. uh, pink elephants, and that yeah. really, I mean, that made a big impact on me. That was interesting. Um, I'd seen you perform before, and I remembered you. I knew who you sure. were, but that was the piece that really broke through for me in watching you, uh, you know, cause we were competing against each other at that yeah. time. And when I saw that, I went, wow, that was good. Huh. It was a really cool, cool argument, cool piece. You yeah. had really nice selections. That was a POI, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. POI on, on pink elephants, on gay Republicans. Mm-hmm. That was, that was Chris DeSura's idea. And that was super fun. That's when I realized, Oh, I need to do angry. Yeah. Like angry, funny. That's my, that's my thing. I'm good at angry, funny. That's what I realized because yeah. I was I was performing a Lewis Black piece and and people loved the, that piece at least. Anger's a gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely have anger. That's for sure. <laughs> so at the end of year three, you're still with Long yeah. Beach. Yep. And uh, I mean, you're making out rounds at this point at AFA. Yeah, I actually only got. I mean, I got some Was it persuasive. I got I got uh, persuasive out at NFA and. DI out at AFA and mm-hmm. maybe poetry out at NFA too. So I had a couple out rounds here and there. These were like quarterfinal yeah, rounds? Yeah, quarterfinal rounds. Um, and at, did I get something out? I think I got, oh, I got duo out at HFO. Okay. And so I had a duo with Sierra Carson. That was mm. just garbage and horrible. Um, and so got those. Could have been that horrible if you got was, it out at HFO. It was, no, we got out because Sierra Carson won AFA for it for the year duo before. the year before mm-hmm. yeah we got out on her reputation not because the duo was particularly good the duo was bad um but you know had a couple things here and there it was fine but i also realized some of the things that i really liked about competing on my own i wasn't able to do there i would never have taken that duo really honestly to afa if it wasn't for the coaches saying like no you're taking the duo to afa mm-hmm. And I would have changed some other pieces, but it didn't seem like I was getting what I needed from the coaching staff. And I, 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 you know, I kind of like, I really liked being on my own. I really liked the, um, creative freedom that I had all of a sudden gotten. And then that creative freedom was kind of, if I never had the creative freedom, I think it would have been okay. Mm-hmm. But because I, all of a sudden it's like flowers for Algernon, right? Like, you know, and then you you have that knowledge taken away and you're like, I can't go backwards. Like it's not possible for me to go backwards. And so at the end of that year, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with forensics. I did what I came to do. I'm very happy with, uh, with what I did and doing this, like doing 12 units at Cal state long beach, 12 units at UCI. It basically, you know, Jimmy killing you. Yeah. It got me very close to like a nervous breakdown um, plus, I was working at the time. I, I seem to recall, and I don't want to put words in your mouth sure. or emotions that didn't happen, but I seem to remember you not... I remember at the end of that of your third year competing, you just being really frustrated with the experience at Long Beach. And you yeah. were like, I'm done. I'm over this. Yeah, and, and it's again, I, th- I think it's just being... I was part of a big team that was like a family, right? right? And then I went and competed on my own and had complete freedom to like my own hotel and you know, like planning all that stuff. And I'm going to go to this tournament, not that tournament and all this of this restaurant afterwards. Yeah. And, everything else. and just like, leave me alone and kind of am and rehearse at your own pace. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden it's, I'm back to a big team again. And that adjustment was really hard for me. And 
And the funny thing is, is I liked all my teammates. It's not like I didn't like any of my teammates. Right. You know, I did. I I wasn't a huge fan of the grad assistant program thing, like the way that grad assistants coach the team. And at the time, there was some like inappropriate stuff going on, and like not not inappropriate stuff. That's not the right word. There's drama uh-huh. going on, and I'm just not. It just wasn't my scene. It wasn't my bag, and so was just like, yeah, you know what? I forced it. So I'm not going to force it. You know what I mean? I forced it to go to Long Beach. I forced it to do all this stuff. And it drove me like very, very close, like panic attacks and nervous breakdowns. And was, then you quit. Yeah, I was done. I was like, I'm, you were done. Yeah. And I had gotten into the UCDC program. So at UC, at the UCs, you can apply to do an internship in Washington, DC. Okay. And so I had applied and gotten a really cool, amazing internship with the public defender service of DC. R- really hard internship to get apparently. I didn't know at the time. I just applied and was like, oh, if it works out, it works out. Great. Um, And got it and got super lucky and was like, cool, that's in fall. And so I'm done with speech. Like I'm going to go in fall and you can't, you can't go and do speech if you're not at all around in fall. So screw it. I'm fucking, I'm gone. So j- just to clarify, this is this is now year four. Yeah, and the going first, into year four. first the fall semester yeah. of your fourth year, you said, "All right, I'm just not, I'm done with speech." Yeah, all right, and you you kind of gave it up, and mm-hmm. you said, uh, "I'm just going to focus on this defender, public defender stuff, mm-hmm. right? Law." Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go set myself up for the next stage. Stage, right? That okay. I need to go do an internship in the legal field because I want to go and become a lawyer, and so I got this really prestigious internship. I'm gonna go do that. I went and did that. And it was my birthday and Tiffany Brain, who was my duo partner, your duo partner um, at Glendale Community yeah, College, called me on my birthday and it was one of the loneliest birthdays I've ever had in my entire Aww. life. Yeah. Cause I didn't know anybody out in DC. I only had one friend out there and, um, I was working so much in my internship and I was also working a job as a pedicabist where you like throw people in the back of your like on the back of your bike and like bike them around DC. Oh, I thought you just like drove a cab and did their toenails at the same time. <laughs> that too. Oh, okay. And, uh, and then I want to, I want a petty cabbie. <laughs> I was working at a, I was working at a gay bar. So I was like waking up at six doing, uh, you know, intern, an intern investigator from like six to like 3 PM. And then from like four to nine, I was doing a petty cab job. So I was dr- like biking around DC. And then at 10 o'clock I would get to the bar and I would work at the bar till two o'clock in the morning. I didn't have any social life. I was just working my ass off. And so by the time my birthday came around, there was no one around to like be like, Hey, let's, let's go hang out for my birthday. It's like, I didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And so I was at home with a like microwave TV dinner by myself on my birthday <laughs> and happy birthday yeah to happy me. birthday to me <laughs> and it was the first time that i hadn't really been able to celebrate my birthday i was coming home like the next weekend to hang out with my friends and right. to, like whatever but it was still my birthday and like it was the first time i was an adult i, was, I had to be an adult on my birthday yeah you know because before that i was just a kid and everybody always celebrated my birthday sure and so I get this phone call from Tiffany Brain and she, and we're like talking and she's like, happy birthday. Like, I hope you're doing well out there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm having a great time. It's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wiping all the tears exactly. off. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Thanks for calling. And, uh, and she kind of joked. It was her joking or me joking. She's like, how funny would it be if you came back and competed for Glendale? 
<laughs> and like wheels just instantly start turning. I'm like, I don't know. How funny would that be? That'd be pretty funny. Like, could I do that? Is that a thing I could do? Is that possible? I don't know if that's possible. Should I do that? I'm doing that. I'm putting together a poetry and a POI tonight. Yeah. And I put together a poetry program and a POI program that night. I remember talking to you at this point yeah. and I remember us having a conversation and you were like, Oh no, I've already got stuff put put together. And yeah. I was like, yeah, you know, Tiff- Tiffany tells me that you're thinking about coming out and you were like, Oh yeah, dude, I got stuff. And yeah. I was like, sweet man, let's okay. start. Okay. Come on down. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was, it was, it was crazy, man. I mean the poetry and, and POI that I put together that night, I don't think I changed 10 words between <laughs> that night and AFA finals. Mm. Not 10 words. Like it came together perfectly. And then at AFA finals, you changed a bunch of stuff the last Fuck. minute. <laughs> Fuck off. I changed one line in the AFA finals. Anyway. Um, yeah, six is still sixth. Uh, the, yeah, and so that night I you know, was like, okay, cool, I'm doing this, and we'll figure it out as we go. And that's exactly what happened. Like I was like, okay, cool, I'll talk to Rob in the morning. And was up, I was up till like four or five o'clock in the morning that morning, trying to just couldn't go to sleep because I was so juiced. I was so stoked. And it was the first time that I'd been stoked in a long time. Um, and I was like, all right, cool. And I remember on the subway practicing. I remember you telling me that you were like, practicing on the subway, on the subway, doing character pops. And I was, a, I was, I was the, um, the doorman at the bar. Maybe that weekend we're going super long, aren't we? No, you're good. Okay. Uh, I was the doorman at the bar that weekend. And, uh, it was super slow for, it's always super slow as the first like three hours. Sure. And so I'm sitting there by myself and I'm like doing blocking in the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> because there's no one around and I have no fucking shame. By the way, I'm doing this in my underwear as the doorman at a gay bar, right? And I'm like just dancing around, like trying to figure it out and found the exact blocking that I did for that poetry. Wow. Yeah, like that night or maybe two nights after I'd, I'd done it. I remember when you came back, We, I think your first tournament back was at HFO. HFO. Yeah. And you know, uh, Tiffany and I and Matt Grisette, we had all, all four kind or all three of us had kind of been going to a few tournaments already. Yeah. And when you came in, it, it was a, um, it, it was like a, a, the last slice of the pizza pie. Oh, you cool. know what I mean? Getting like it was a like, nice, yeah. yeah, it just oh, fit. Cool. I don't know if that's the best analogy, but yeah. that, that's totally what it felt like. Of yeah. like, we are now complete. You found that final puzzle piece. Well, yeah, that's, that's what it's it good was. To hear. And it was just like, we got it. And mm-hmm. I remember you just destroying at HFO. And yeah. there were a bunch of tournaments in the first half. My senior year, which was your senior year, uh, yeah. our fourth year, same fourth year. And I remember going to a bunch of tournaments in the first half. And it was very, um, seeing the same people, laying yeah. claim to certain pieces so yeah. that people knew, oh, this is mine. And you yeah, don't, yeah, nobody yeah. else would do it. And you came in like a bat out of hell at HFO. And I, I remember specifically something I told you was... Uh, Jeff Muscatarolo is winning POI. Yeah. Don't lay claim to it. Get don't your don't bother. Don't Fuck bother. It. Yeah. It's so good. He's yeah. winning everything, and it was. It was a stellar POI. Yeah, yeah. I remember that shit. Shaw comes back. Jeff Jeff Muscatarolo I think, took second, and yeah. Shaw took first, and it was like wow. Dude. I I remember that moment for two reasons. One, I remember you. I'd never thought about events like that. I'd never thought about events like this person cr- is crushing that it's impossible to go after because I'd never really thought about myself getting up there. Mm. You know what I mean? Like my aspirations at the time were way more modest than that. And you were the first person that was like, 
why not you? Like, why not you? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, sure, you could be an AFA national champion. Like, why the fuck not? Why else are you doing this? And that was the first time that I thought like, oh shit, if I'm going to do that, I need to think about what they're doing. Like in a way that's like, okay, I need to compete against that. So I got to be, you know, I got to be better than that. Yeah. And you're like, don't even bother with POI. And I thought, damn, POI is the best event that I have. I think, like, I think POI is my very best event. And so I was like, all right, well, whatever, here we go. And came out of that final round of POI at HFO and was like, all right, well, maybe I'll get second. Cool. <laughs> like, and then I remember you making semis and going, dude, Charles in semis. Yeah. That, even yeah, that was man. just awesome. Shit. And then you made it a final. So like, dude, oh, Charles of that caliber. Like yeah, he's, he's converting from semis into finals and yeah. now he's winning finals. finals? Yeah. That was dude, crazy. You had a hell of a tournament. I that did. Tournament. That was the best tournament I ever had in forensics. Dude, I was the only, I think I was one of the only people it was, it was at Bradley. It was in January. It was snowing. I was one of the only people that was triple entered in finals. Cause mm-hmm. I had, POI duo and poetry in finals and yeah, POI duo and poetry duo with you in, in finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember walking around campus and everybody's off watching final rounds. So the fucking campus is empty and I'm walking from one round at like whatever hall to some other place. that's super far away and I'm the only person on campus and I'm walking and it starts lightly snowing snowing. Yeah. And I'm like, I took a second and I like sat down on the concrete and I was like, dude, you need to enjoy this. Like you need to enjoy this moment. You need to remember this. You need to remember the snow. You need to remember it falling. You need to remember how good you feel. You need to carry that with you like for a long time because you're not going to have moments like this for your whole life. It's not like this for you. And so you broke three events at H like you should be so proud. And like, no matter what happens, like carry this with you. I remember actually doing that, sitting down in between the rounds, even though I was fucking triple entered and freaking out. Cause I needed to calm myself down. And then, <laughs> and then I walk over to where duo is. Cause that's where I was walking. And you are like all your energy, like with your like head, you know how you like, you put headphones, headphones in to like get yeah. your fucking self jacked up. You're like all jacked up. And you're like, are you fucking ready? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm fucking, it's like okay cool let's fucking run out of the room and (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk about that for a minute and i'm like okay are you sure we'll set the stage a little bit better so what uh, part of our duo yes was that you're supposed to go ballistic you actually went out into the audience right yes and i think i was selling to you i wasn't at the time i wasn't supposed to go into the it wasn't the audience it was run around the room because you're running to go see this thing right that you're you freak out in the middle of a psychiatric session and you run to go see something and any normal person would have just turned a page right but we We were like doing that (laughs) not gonna do that we're like you know what we should do we should run around the whole fucking room and day one we made semis yeah and i did run around the room yeah and i remember the moment that i jumped over one of the desks the judges just looked it down and they were like, no, fuck these guys. Like, yeah. absolutely fucking not. This is not what we're about. And day two, when I did the same exact thing, because we were certainly weren't going to learn our fucking lesson. No, why would we do that? <laughs> day two, I remember the judges just like laughing hysterically and thinking like, okay, maybe we got out of that fucking semi. Yeah. And we did. And then the Finals. final, there was... It was a an road, auditorium. It's an auditorium, so you could run up one side, right. out of outside, well, out, up and the inside, aisle. Yeah, out, up the aisle one side, outside, 
and then back down the and inside the, and in through the other aisle because there are two aisles um, in the auditorium. And you're like, and you said that to me outside. You're like, run outside, fucking cross in, and then fucking come all the way back. I'm like, okay, dude, I'm going to be fucking sprinting. And by the way, at HFO finals, they don't care. They're timing you. Yeah. They'll drop you for going <laughs> 10 one They 10-01. don't care. Like, yeah. they're psychopaths. Oh, dude, I, no joke. One time at HFO, I went 10-02, and the judge said, you're the best speech in the round, but I drop you a rank for every second you're over, over time. That's so stupid. I took third and didn't break. I went 1-3. What's that judge's name? I don't remember. I'd have to find the ballot. What a moron. Anyway, go ahead. So what happened? Okay, so... <clears throat> We're, it's at our 8.30 moment, by the way, so it's the very end of the piece, and I f- haul ass, like it's that moment, so I'm like, okay, I haul ass. I am sprinting as fast as I can, <laughs> and by the way, our duo is not for lacking for tech, so it's yeah. not like I'm not already like stressed out. Yeah. Sprinting up, sprint outside. I remember not having to wait very long. I was surprised yeah. at how fast you made the tash up the aisle. And I remember hitting, like, when I hit the door, that's when everyone started laughing. Because I think everyone thought I would, like, run up and run back and not leave the room, right? Yeah. And I hit the door, and I remember everyone start laughing. And then all of a sudden, I open on the other side, and everyone started laughing again. And I'm hauling ass, and people are just like, are these these two idiots really fucking doing this? Yes, we are. And it reminded me of the first tournament that I ever went to when I saw two idiots in a pair of jeans... (laughs) You know Wait, what I mean? how dare you? Like, but but it's a perfect example of like, I don't know, nobody told me I couldn't. <laughs> which is like the perfect your that's like a the quintessential let's if you were to tag Robert Cannon's biography, it would be Robert Cannon. I don't know, nobody told me I couldn't. I think that'd be a perfect tag for your biography, my friend. You can hear my wife laughing in the <laughs> background of this podcast because exactly. she knows how true it is. And and for me, it w- that was not my style. My style was buy the book, get yeah. your page turns right, clean make sure tech. you're in time, yeah. clean, yeah. make sure it, it's it, it's the same every fucking time, and that way you can manage your performance. And I think the the reason that it was such a nice puzzle last puzzle piece is because you brought to me a lot of that, I don't know, who the fuck told you you couldn't do that? Mm-hmm. And I brought to you the, no, dude, it Let's needs to be sharp. cleaner. Yeah. Like, it needs to be sharper. We can do whatever it is you want to do, but it's going to need to be the same every single time. And, yeah, and I remember on the way down thinking, like, oh, back in, coming back into the theater? Get back into the theater, yeah, back into the theater, running on the way down, thinking, like, I, I would never have done this. <laughs> ever in a million years if it wasn't for i don't know who told you you couldn't (laughs) and coming back and i can't remember what the lines are like i'm sweating profusely and we finish the duo we close the book and that's when i remember having like a, a little realization that actually lasts to this day in forensics i don't care (laughs) <laughs> I don't care what they give me. I don't care if they give us six. I don't care if they fucking ban us from the tournament. I don't care what. I am so happy I did that. Yeah. That was exactly what I wanted to do. And I would have done it. I would do it again. It was a good feeling. I it remember it happening and just going, yeah, well, yeah that's great. Let's Fuck just do it. it. Yeah. I, I also, I want to talk to you just for a minute about duo. You and yeah. I did that duo and we... It was really weird because you and I have both done duos so many times before. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you still feel this way, but I know I felt that way and I still feel this way. When you and I started working together, it just 
clicked. Oh, we knew exactly easy. what we were doing. Yeah. And we were like, we'll do this, this, this. And you were like, yeah, yeah. And we'll pop, pop, pop. And mm. the whole thing got put together super so fast. fast. And yeah. we were like, what just happened? Yeah, it was magic. It was like we both knew how serious to take it. Yep. And even when we were making jokes and being funny. Like, okay, let's get back to this. Yeah, quick. it's like, yeah. okay, how are we doing this? How do yeah. we solve this puzzle? We were both sharp and yeah. like, let's make it happen. And I've never For had sure. a duo that I didn't have to ponder and really figure out how, what's the angle here. Yeah. That one just Came clicked. together. Yeah. What was interesting too is uh, your style i would have said was very different than mine mm-hmm. I, I don't think that anybody would have said we had similar styles i think that's true and yet they were they we worked so well together yeah. like it was really fun working with with you especially because as um i think i think i think that a lot of i think that i would i would say you you lack ego in in taking criticism from at least for me it was never ego where i was like ah, i don't really like the way that you're doing that like you would talk from behind me and you could tell me things too and i i'd like to think that i had no ego when yeah i, I think that's true things. for sure okay you need to stand here instead of here and that does get in the way with a lot of duo partnerships mm-hmm. and that does end up causing a lot of tension being able to correct your partner and having a, an amount of trust in your partner that they're going to be there they're going to do the right thing they're going to they're going to be okay with some feedback and that's so hard for some people yeah to hear feedback from like their fragile partners. egos yeah and stuff. man it's just not no i think we both hear. just knew well I, I don't even remember having disagreements but i think if we did have disagreements it was like let's just settle this real fast yeah let's move, we'll on. move on yeah we'll try it your way let's try it my way whichever way we think works best yeah that's what we're gonna do we'll move on and yeah. that's what we and that makes for the best duos for sure yeah i think so yeah I want to talk just a minute about POI. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, ultimately, you took at AFA. You took AFA. I took a uh, quarter finalist in POI. In POI. I was a quarter finalist in AFA at POI. And you took sixth place in poetry. Sixth place in poetry. Sixth place in duo. And I was a quarter finalist in POI. Man, I was you a got semi-finalist in, in DI, which I had no no idea. <laughs> I would have, dude, what's crazy is, in, at least on the ballots, who knows, they're liars, but they said, you know, we think you would have done great. We couldn't hear a fucking word you said mm. because you were, you were standing, I went first in, in DI because I was also double I remember that round. in poetry. Yeah. They couldn't hear me because of where I stood. Yeah. Because there was an echo in the room. And so they're like, we lost every fifth fucking word. I, that was true though. I'm yeah. telling you that was oh, true. I, was, I remember seeing that round. I remember going, ooh, Shaw, step back, step back, step back. And, and I couldn't, I couldn't you have didn't known. Know. Because yeah. I was going first, and if I would have went second, then I would have known. Probably picked it, picked it up, and picked figured it up, it out. and figured it out. That's, well, that was what I was good at. I was good at figuring out, like, okay, they're not buying whatever that is. Yeah. I'll change it a little bit so that they can buy whatever no, I'm selling. But I, I want to get back to POI. Yeah. I've seen you just crush rounds. Uh, sure. Point Loma, you had a, an insane uh, round in Point Loma yeah, where everyone was that. just like in tears and just it was everywhere. That's a performance I'll remember for the rest of my life for sure. You. You gave me a piece of advice that I still think about constantly hmm. when building a POI. And I don't know if this is how you advise it now, um, sure. but I, I still think about it. That You said at the time that stand-up comedy has to be the backbone for your POI. Sure. And I I kind of think about that often when I'm assembling POIs is it, it, where's the stand-up comedy? Because stand-up comedic, comedy ha- comedic climaxes. Sure. Comedic climaxes have to be the backbone of your POI for sure. Because I, I didn't have any stand-up comedy in, the, in my POI my senior year. I think you had said, I remember you saying stand-up comedy, but yeah. I think that's probably what you yeah, meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. And so often, I mean, stand-up comedy is modern-day philosophy. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. this idea For about sure. society and, and who we are. Absolutely. And 
if something's funny, it's because yeah. it has to ring true on a yeah. certain level. You got it. And once you extrapolate your argument out of that, you can build everything else out from sure. that stand-up. And I thought there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, especially if you can find relatively unheard stand-up comedians right. that have like a really unique take on stuff, then you're looking at, yeah, you have great stuff. Um, what I used in my POI that year was a slam poem that mm-hmm. was, that had some funny things that I kind of punched up a little bit with mm-hmm. the, with the comedy that, and, and I, and I figured like, oh wow, that's the way to go. Like if you can find a funny poem, that's worth its weight in gold in a, in a standup com in, in, in a, in a POI because poets are the same, right? Poets are our, our modern day sure. philosophers as well. And so now you also have something that is unique too. It's funny and it's poetry and it's also got some sort of philosophical edge to it. And so it's a comedic climax. And so, yeah, I think POIs need three things. And the same thing with readers theaters as well. Most, most programs need these three things. They need a comedic climax. They need an intellectual climax and they need an emotional climax. Mm. You put those three things in a piece you ha- you are now able to do well. Before that, you're really only going to do so well. Yeah. You don't really have the possibility. It's dependent on how good everybody else is, basically. Yeah, but you can blow a, a round out right. if you have those three, three things. things. If you can make people laugh so hard they're grabbing their stomach, think so hard they're grabbing their head, and cry so hard they're grabbing their heart, you win. What Do you do you have any philosophies about duo? I mean, you and I... Man, I don't even know Duo anymore, to be honest. I have no business talking about Duo anymore. I, I don't get it. I just, it's beyond me. I don't I don't know what they're doing. It's too hard. It's it's insane. I mean, it's not too hard. Obviously, like, you work hard, you you do well, but... Just too much tech, or what, what do you mean? It's not even tech, man. It's just, like, I don't I don't know how they put it all together. Like, it's crazy. And it's crazy because, I, I mean, I direct Reader's Theaters, but I, Duos are a whole different beast Well, in now, what man. way? What do you mean? Just because they're programs... programs they're programs, and so many of them don't have to be programs, and they're mm. programs anyway. It's two people doing POIs at the same time, and mm. I don't, I don't get it. And they're doing well, and I think that the community respects them, and it's awesome. I, I just don't personally get it when we, because when we were doing duo, ninety percent of duos were two people talking to each other. I'd say ninety-eight. Yeah, more, yeah. right? And so, and now I would say ninety percent of duos are programs yeah. where they're playing lots of different characters the entire time, and so. It's almost refreshing when I see a duo that's like two people just talking the yeah. whole time. It's awesome. Do you, I mean, when we were doing duo, you and I, originally you hated me. I mean, when oh we God, first met. So much, dude. You're and to do a, a duo together is, yeah. uh, I mean, that, how do you reconcile that? How do you, how do you mean, deal with that? So I hated you because you were a dick. <laughs> Like you're not a dick. You uh, I said hi, Robert, and you walked right by me and didn't say shit. And no. then I said hi, Robert, at the next tournament. And you didn't know the <laughs> fuck I was. And you say that I was like, okay, <laughs> all right. You know what? This fucking guy with his <sighs> dumb ass. Hello, <laughs> Walter. Okay, you know what? Fuck Walter. Fuck everything Walter said. Walter Mitty. Fuck Walter Mitty. Fuck his whole life. Fuck his secret life of Walter Mitty. Um, I hate this guy. And then year after year after year, you grew on me like a fucking moss. Uh, because what I realized was is you were doing a lot of the things that I thought were were great. You were doing pieces that 
nobody would have done. You were doing things in those pieces that nobody would have done. And I respected the shit out of the risks that were taken. And you also were giving people shit in a way that was lovely. It was refreshing. How so? Like, I don't know. I was performing. I'm not trying to make this about me, but I'm curious. What no, you no. Mean. I was performing in a, I was, I, I was quadruple entered. Hey, Oh, uh, at some random shitty swing tournament that we were at. And I didn't know that I was quadruple entered because they broke pros after I was already in my pattern. Right. And so I was walking to awards and they're like, Hey man, how was pros? And I'm like, I didn't fucking break pros. They're like, yes, you did. It's happening right now. You better fucking run. And so of course I do. I sprint up to the room and I walk in and I see you are in the room yeah. and there's like four or five other competitors and the judges and they're kind of like giving me the like, we've been fucking waiting, dude. Where the fuck you been? And I'm like, dude, I didn't know I broke, blah, 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 blah. I'm like panting. And they're like, all right, take a second so that you can stop breathing super heavy, but it's time for you to perform. And so I think I, did I steal water from you? Yeah, I think so. I think I, yeah, yeah I was like, do you have water? And you're like, yeah, here, have some water. And I drink some water and then I go and stand up there and I'm standing up there to like perform and I like take a deep breath and I'm like about to literally put my black book down and open it. And right as I'm about to put my black book down and open it, I hear better be good. <laughs> better be good from the fucking front row. And it's you saying it out loud. And that's just so not what the forensics community is okay with. <laughs> fucking with you. Yeah. Right before, right you're before, before you perform. And I to my defense, that's so not. I didn't even say it quietly. I no, said, you said it loud. Room, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was in that round. <laughs> so. You were competing in the round. And it's just <laughs> so something that your coaches would be mortified. If like, if I was a coach and I heard that one of my students did that, I would be mortified because <laughs> it's very much so like a you be you be nice to take everybody a moment, take yeah, a moment, right be before nice, you begin yeah. Yeah. and like you you if someone's if someone's eating shit up there just be nice and like be a good audience member like that's what we tell our students right like right. you don't get any points for being a dick and well, we're waiting on you man it better be good after all all this waiting <laughs> yeah man and, and it was that moment where i was like oh man i really like this guy <laughs> I don't know why that made me like you so much, but it did. I was like, oh, that's funny. Like that's, that was really funny. And it definitely broke the ice for the audience. It was actually really nice for the audience because it took a lot of the I pressure off. I think we off. needed that. You and did. I think that's what I was sensing was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's too fucking awkward, awkward right now. Here, Something yeah. needs this to be gonna done. This guy's going to get his shit kicked in because we've been waiting for fucking 10 minutes. Yeah. And they're just, they just want to hate him so bad. And you took a lot of that right out of the room. Yeah. And I think I flipped you off. I think you did that later because I did it to you a couple more times after it became a joke. I think, yeah. no. I think, I think the first time you were like, "What?" You were so stunned that I had said that, and then yeah. I think you began your piece. And later, yeah. I did it again, and you had the flip off ready, uh, and you were like, "Fuck yeah. you," or something like that. You said yeah, it underneath yeah, yeah. your breath of like, "Fuck you." That might have been it. You might have flipped me off. I could be wrong. I can't but remember, but uh, in my memory, you were just like, "It's a better story if I don't flip you." Off. <laughs> um, um, but we, you know, I, I think it's interesting that we didn't like each other so much and then we wound up doing such a successful duo together yeah and i i, I think there's something there with well, that. we liked each other by that time yeah sure but I, but i think i think that's also kind of speaking to the power of speech and, and yeah, just absolutely. forensics in general is that you can you can respect somebody For sure. i mean I, i've had we've all had kind of enemies in yeah, this, yeah yeah and 
you're kind of like, I hate that person. I hate that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you still kind of respect them. For sure. And you're like, I don't like them. Plenty of people I don't like that I absolutely respect their work product that I would never want to hang out with, but I'm all of a sudden like... But you like watching their speeches. Oh, my God. I think that you put together some of the best shit out there, man. I'd watch that all fucking day long. It's amazing. Mm. But I don't know that we'd get along. Mm -hmm. Um, We happen to actually get along. Yeah. But... Um, at the beginning, I didn't think we'd get along, but I absolutely respected the crap out of the speeches. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, man. Um, hey, man. What I want to do next is yes. uh, I want to ask you a few questions. Let's do so it. So these are survey questions in keeping with, uh, you know, James Lipton and, uh, and Pivot and everything else. So I'm going to ask you these teen, 10 questions. This is what I call the final round. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. I made the finals. You made finals. Yay. Number one, were you superstitious? No. Um, you seem to not be sure if you were superstitious. I, or not. I I I know that I had some certain things that I that I did with my black book, like I I treated my black book with a certain amount of respect. I don't know that it was superstitious. Making out with it is not respect, Sean. Mm, I think it is. <laughs> uh, but I, ma- I made sure to like treat my black book with respect. That might be the closest that I came to superstitious. You didn't do anything when you looked at postings or no uh, before, like on the on the plane ride there or something. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Number two, who is the competitor you most admired? Hmm. Saeed Jones, mm. probably the most admired. Natalie Sintek was definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Saeed Jones was up there. Why? You said Saeed first. Dude, that guy was so good. And so good cross-platform, too. Like, he could he could do persuasion. He could do impromptu. He could do interp. He could do whatever he fucking wanted. And he yeah. was better than you. Period. End of story. He was just better. He was incredible to watch. And he was nice. And he was so nice, dude. I mean... Such I like nice that we guy. talk about him as, as if it's past tense, like he's dead now. But. No, dude. He just put out a book, actually. Right. God, what's it called? Uh, I don't remember, but I heard something about that. I want to plug that. But well, it's I'll amazing. Yeah, you should look it up and you should buy that book. If you do forensics, you definitely should buy that book. He's amazing. Um, but yeah, Saeed Jones is definitely up there. Um, N- Nicholas Bateman. Mm-hmm. Nick Bateman. Nick Bateman. Yeah. He only did one year. And oh, really? Yeah, man. He fucking won two events and was like, I'm done. Fuck off. It's like, okay. Um, and so I don't know if I could look up to him after only really ever seeing him at one tournament, but his poetry is the best piece that I've ever seen uh-huh. my entire life. His, his poetry and Jeff Moscaritolo's prose that I saw in HFO finals. So those folks, but Saeed Jones has got to be number one. He's fucking unbelievable. Well, that segues nicely into question number three. What's the most memorable speech you've ever seen? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, Nick, Nick, Bateman's? Nick Bateman's poetry. They got stuck in semis because he went overtime. So what was it? What was so it about? dumb? He should have beat me, dude. He should have beat the shit out of me in that semi. He was so much better than I was. It was about the power of like audience participation or something like that. It was unbelievable, bro. It, I've never had an experience like that. Enjoying a piece like that. Him and Jeff Moscaritolo's pros. I was in HFO semifinals, tremifinals, uh, that third year when I was competing on my own. I mm-hmm. made HFO pros semifinals, and I was so outclassed, dude. I was. I had no business being in that tremi. I knew I was going to get six out of sixth. I was watching the first four speeches, and I was just like, I'm so out of my fucking league. I got lucky. I got a good draw at, at the Norton. It's mm-hmm. the Norton, not, not at HFO. It was at the Norton. I was like, I'm, dude, I'm so out of my league. I'm going to get my ass kicked. 
And it was because I saw Jeff Moscaritolo do this prose and it was so good. And he's popping into this female character and he's playing her so believably and it was so subtle. It was the first time I'd seen four-year speech because I was on the two-year circuit. And so I'd seen a couple people here and there. Jeremy Lo- or Jeremy Carson, you know, Daniel Lopez, I'd seen them perform and they were really, really good. Yeah. But I hadn't, I don't know, it just hadn't clicked. I hadn't seen a round of that. And yeah. so Jeff Moscaritolo went up there and just absolutely killed it this this you know, prose about some writer or something like that. And it's just something I'd never seen before. I was laughing so hard and I was freaking the fuck out. I was saying like, I can't do that. I can't do that. I said it loud. I didn't know that I was saying it out loud. And Amanda Smoilov turned around and was like, shut the fuck up. Cause she was about to compete and her and Jeff Moscaritolo got out of the semi. And I, I knew I got, I didn't even look at my ballots. I was like, I know I got six, six, six. And I went six, six, five. And I was so proud. <laughs> Fooled one one yeah uh, all right question number four wait wait, wait. i yeah. do have to add one more piece okay that i've seen as a coach so that was as a competitor yeah, yeah anything um i saw 13 readers theater mm. that was from mount san antonio college that that was probably the best that's probably the one of the best pieces i've ever seen period ever seen as as a coach or as a competitor or anything ever the that movie piece. 13 was like the, the teenage think, girl no, it was uh, thirteen about the Thirteenth Amendment. It was about slavery. Oh, I see. And it was these three young men who were just so good and so in sync. It was amazing. Hmm. Yeah, I still think about that performance. And like, I learn. I I always like to th- those performances that I learn from. The performances that are so good, I'm just like, oh wow, I'm, oh, I'm learning something. I can't wait to get through the rest of these questions because you're oh, you're Jesus. already touching on some of them. Okay. All right. Uh, question number four: How do you explain forensics to somebody who's unfamiliar with it? I tell them it's like, um, uh, it's it is track and field. It's track mm-hmm. and field, but so there's lots of different events, just like in track and field, and. Um, just like in track and field, one person competing in one event will gain points for your team overall. Mm-hmm. And also they're really excited to do well for themselves. And there's lots of different events. There's a public speaking event, which is what you think of when you take your typical public speaking class. There's debate, which is what people think of when they hear of speech and debate. And then there's also acting competitions. I, I do the same thing. Yeah. And yeah. Track and field. Sometimes I'll mix it up and do swimming. Yeah. You know, depending on, on sure. who knows yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, you know, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know how to do butterfly stroke? Yeah, no. You know how to do speech. Right. Uh, cool. All right. I like that. Number five. What was the your most unusual inspiration for a speech? Whoa. Um, my most unusual inspiration? Yeah. My most usual inf- inspiration is my brother. Oh. Um, I steal speech ideas from him all the time, even to this day. Um, God, my most unusual idea for a speech i'll have to come back to that one man I don't no know. man you can figure that out unusual inspiration silence is not good for podcasts i know and so i'm trying to figure this out out loud okay the most unusual idea most unusual inspiration i've had for an idea was when i was on a plane to home from europe and i was watching this movie called pandemic Mm-hmm. And the movie Pandemic is about a global pandemic that breaks out and kills fucking everybody. Oh, really? I thought yeah. it was about a girl who yeah, it's not had relationship issues with her dad. And got, oh. got it. No, oh, it's, it's actually about a pandemic. Yeah. It's oh, about okay. A cool. Yes. And every, everybody in the movie fucking dies too. And normally in the movie, like the main characters don't die. All the fucking main characters die. Like everybody fucking dies. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty accurate portrayal of a pandemic. <laughs> Pandemics don't care if you're the main character, right? right? So they kill off main characters. Don't give a shit. Like Kate Hudson, fuck you. You're dead. 
Um, <laughs> we don't fucking care. And Kate Hudson's like the first. Oh, you're 40, talking about the movie. I'm sorry. I thought you were. Okay. 45 minutes of the movie is just Kate Hudson. I thought Hudson you were talking about her career. Walking around looking forlorn with her hands in her pockets. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, she's fucking dead. How the hell? And I remember because I was on a plane. It was, I felt so gross. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I need to shower. I have a genius idea. No one goes for making people feel gross. We should do a persuasion on pandemics and make people, if we can make people feel the way I feel in this, in this airplane seat right now, it'll win. (laughs) It will fucking win because the feeling that I have right now is I'll never not wash my hands before I eat ever again. And I'll always walk through hospitals and airports with my hands in my pockets so that I know not to touch my face. That's how violent the movie was for me. And so I thought if we can do that, it'll win. And it did. It did great. It did great. Daniel Arthur did that speech. It was great. That's great. It was wonderful. Question number six. Yeah. You already touched on this a second ago. Has a speech ever caused you to change? Oh my gosh, dude! All the all the fucking time, all the time. It's the reason I love my love my job so much. Is all the time I'm learning these new things and learning to change and learning to adjust the way that I even talk and say things out loud and. Um, often, name, name one of the greatest ways you've changed. Uh, I don't say the word retard anymore. Mm. Right? You just said it. Right. Well, sometimes you got to say the word. Uh. I don't say that word anymore. And part of it's because of, of speeches that I've seen that have educated me on where that word came from and what the problem is with saying that word and the subjugation that comes from that word. And I'm not perfect. And I'm, de- I'm definitely, definitely still make mistakes today for sure. And I, look f- I like speech because it continues to make me a better person. Mm-hmm. I definitely learned about my own misogyny and my own sexism when I was helping my theater put together the, the theater on the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. And so... Definitely learned a ton about all of the different things that women go through that men just don't fucking ever have to go through. I don't ever have to wait in line to take a piss. And waiting in line to take a piss has never caused me to be late for class. Do you know how often young women in college are late to class, then lose points, and then lose favor with the professor because they had to wait in line to take a piss? It happens all every day. Every day on my campus, it happens to girls because there's a line for the fucking women's bathroom. There's never a line for the men's bathroom Mm -hmm. because in the women's bathroom, there are two stalls. In the men's bathroom, there are four urinals and one stall. That's why we need to have public urination. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I get you. I'm down with your your cause. But something as simple as that is something I never would have thought of if it wasn't for speech. Question number seven. Yeah. What did you do with your awards? Oh my God, threw them all away. Did you? Yeah, except for like a couple that, God, do I even have those anymore? I think I threw them all away, man. Now, when you say you threw them all away, you yeah. just like dumped them in a trash can? Yeah. Did you, did any sort of ceremony to that or just like, ah, eh, whatever? No, man. I mean, I realized a long time ago, the medals don't matter. Yeah. The memories do, but the medals don't matter. And the, the memories aren't connected to the medals. I remember the shit that that really matters, and I I think about it, and I talk about it with my friends like you. Um, but the medals don't mean shit, man. It's all fucking fake. <laughs> well, if you're it, listening, it usually to this, it's literally fake. It's usually and, plastic. And you're and you're a competitor. Just remember, the medals don't matter. <laughs> it's all fake, and nobody cares. Question number eight: What speech skill do you which what speech skill do you use most often in your day to day life? Structure when talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. How so? I I will literally say, like, there's three reasons why. Mm -hmm. And I do that all the time. 
and I've learned yeah that structure giving people a structure telling them what you're going to tell them tell them tell them what you told them dude I do that every single day in in common conversation and people think I'm smart because of it it's wild question number nine why didn't you quit ooh dude I mean how many times (laughs) like (laughs) this is a whole another podcast I didn't quit because it was something that was really fun it was academic and it was challenging and it you know made me made me excited to wake up the next day yeah yeah Question number day. question number ten. What was the best advice you've received about a speech? Hmm. The best advice I received about a speech or about speech? Uh, either one. Okay. The best res- advice I received about speech is none of it matters. It's the best advice. Elaborate on that. It allows you to. It just gives you so much freedom. Do what you want to do. You only get four years, man. You have four years. It's it. Do exactly what you want to do the whole fucking time. Yeah, nobody said you couldn't. Nobody said you couldn't, dude. No one said you couldn't. Just do it. Your coach doesn't like it. I mean, I guess listen to your coach. That's important. Your coach has your best interest at heart for sure. 99% of the time, your coach has your best interest at heart. But also, at the end of the day, you're the one speaking in the rounds. And so that, that does matter. And listen to your coaches and do what your coaches tell you. And, of course, that's that's super, super important. But none of it matters. None of it matters anyway. So, fucking do whatever you want. I'm a nihilist now. <laughs> well, that's a great note to end the whole thing on, yeah. man. Hey, buddy, thanks so much for coming down and well, talking to me. And, uh, and, like and you know, bending my ear a little bit about your background and your experiences, man. It's yeah, been man. good. I appreciate the invite. Hey, uh, I got to do it again. If people want to reach out to us, they can reach us through Instagram or Twitter. Our handle yeah. there is at Forensic Podcast. Sean, where can people find you? I don't know, man. My name is hard to spell. <laughs> Shaheen Davari. Yeah, so if you can tough. spell it, you, you can, can spell it. You it. can find me. If not, I don't know. Fuck off. <laughs> All right. Well, so until the next round, keep talking. And as Shaw says, none of it matters because nobody said you couldn't. <laughs> nobody said you couldn't, baby. Let's go. I'm not an actress Oh, you're acting now Cause if you're not somebody Must show you how You got the same Funkin' old world charm I don't know where you come from But you're perfect for the part I don't know